Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to uplevel your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hi, love. Welcome to episode 93 of the Money Love Podcast. All right, you guys, we are going to be talking about a really fun tool that has been a game changer for me that I've been sharing quite a bit about over on TikTok that a lot of you seem to be liking. And so I figured let's just go ahead and share this and turn this into a podcast episode because although I'm just going to be sharing with you about one tool today, it kind of does have a couple other branches, so to speak, of topics that we're going to kind of be talking about and going into today. But what I want to tell you about today is a list that I have been keeping called my things I want to buy list. And this list is exactly like it sounds like. It is a list that has things that I want to buy on it. And I figured at the end of the episode, I would just go ahead and share with you a couple of things that are actually on my things I want to buy list. Of course, not to influence you, but just to kind of give you a glimpse into, okay, here are some examples of things that are currently on my list and hopefully will inspire you to get your list going. So here's what your things I want to buy list is. It is exactly what it sounds like. It is a running list of everything that you want to buy. You can keep your list in your notes app on your phone. You can keep it in a journal where you're physically writing things in a journal. I actually keep mine in Notion, N-O-T-I-O-N. I had to think about for a second if that's how you spell Notion. Yes, N-O-T-I-O-N. But this is going to be a list that has everything that you currently want to buy on it. So here's what I mean. You guys know this, like as we're kind of just like going through life, day-to-day living life, we are constantly seeing things that our brain kind of attaches to and is like, ooh, I want that. That looks cute. That would be perfect for my such and such. That would complete my fill in the blank whatever it is, whether you are walking through Target, whether it's an ad that you're served on social media, whether it's something you see on Amazon, maybe it's something that one of your friends has, right? Like you go to lunch with a friend and she has it on, whether it's like a piece of clothing or a piece of jewelry or a piece of technology. And you're like, oh, it sounds like I would probably like that. Anything like that. Anytime your brain kind of latches onto something and your brain is telling you, I need this, I want this. Let's go buy it. Let's go out and spend money. What you're going to do instead of going out and buying it and spending the money right away, you are going to take it and you are going to add it to your things I want to buy list. I did a video on TikTok about this list and I actually showed my list. And a lot of people were saying, oh, well, this is just like the same thing as like an Amazon wish list. And I will say, you guys, that I do highly encourage you to take this list like outside of Amazon. I understand that many of us do a ton of shopping on Amazon because truly in the year 2023, what can you not get on Amazon? And so I totally understand that a lot of us have Amazon wishlists. Like I have Amazon wishlists where I'll like click an item and say, okay, I'm going to save this for later. But I would actually highly encourage you to have a list that is inclusive of every retailer, every store, whether it's something online, in person. It is a one-stop shop for everything that you currently want to buy. 
So I see something that I want to buy. Let's just use the example. I get an Instagram ad. I will give you guys a very specific example. So the other day I'm on Instagram and I got this ad from this store. It's called House of Noah, I think, NOA. But they essentially sell these like padded rug looking things. I don't know. I'm like terrible at describing this stuff, but they're like padded rug pads, I guess, that are decorative. They're super cute that go in your kitchen. They make them in like runners or they kind of just make them like like a normal like rectangle size. And with Palmer and her feeding schedule, I feel like I spend legitimately probably at least an hour of my day standing at my sink washing bottle parts, washing pump parts, washing dishes. I mean, it's just crazy. And by the end of that, what I've been finding is that my feet kind of hurt just standing on the hardwood floor. So anyways, I get this ad and I'm like, ooh, that would be perfect. And it's super cute and it matches my kitchen and I could buy it. And you know, it would be something kind of like cushiony for me to stand on. And by the end of it, my feet wouldn't hurt so bad and this will be perfect. Well, instead of clicking the shop now button, going to the website, buying this $90 padded rug. What I did was I took a screenshot of the ad. I also have an album on my phone called Things I Want to Buy, and I stuck the photo in that album. And then what I do every morning, I kind of have a practice that I go through before I start my day. I check in with YNAB. I check in with my money. I look at a couple analytics for my business. And then what I do is I go through two albums on my phone. One is for my business, just like business ideas for content. But then the other album is this Things I Want to Buy album. And I go through the album and I see if there's anything in that album that I've taken a screenshot of that I potentially want to buy in the future. I pull up my things I want to buy list in Notion and it gets added to the list. So what I do is I give it a name. So on my list right now, it literally says kitchen cushion mat because I didn't know what else to call it. So I put the name, I put the retailer, it says House of Noah. I give it a category. So is it clothing, technology, home decor, other, right? So I tagged it in the category home decor and furniture. I put the price. Now that I'm actually looking at this, it's $79. So $79. I say who it's for. Is it for me? Is it for Ryan? Is it for Palmer? In this case, I put both because like any household items, I really consider like, okay, this is kind of like for the family, even though with me doing most of the dishes, it's probably mostly for me. And then I have a space where I can put the link, where it's a link that will take me straight to the product, which I don't have that filled out on this particular item, but it gets added to the list. And I just wanted to like take you guys through that process. I know it's kind of like, okay, duh, but I do want to just take you guys through this process of saying, okay, this is what it looks like when I'm adding something to my things that I want to buy list. I kind of put this detail in. So currently I have this running list that I can pull up at any given point in time and I can see across all retailers, regardless of how I figured out about this thing, whether I saw it on an Instagram ad or a friend told me about it, or it was suggested to me on Amazon, or I saw it on TikTok, doesn't matter. It's all in one place, which for me, I actually really enjoy. It is actually incredibly, I don't know, satisfying is the right word. It's very satisfying. It's very pleasurable for me to be able to pull this open and see a list of everything that I'm wanting to buy, but I don't yet have. But there are also a couple incredible benefits to this tool and to this strategy that I want to walk you through. Because I will say, 
that just using this tool and having this list has probably saved me thousands upon thousands of dollars and has stopped me from making countless impulse purchases over the couple of years that I've been doing this. And I truly feel like there are a couple of reasons to that. And I want to tell you what those are. The first reason why I think this tool is so effective is because it really helps you practice waiting before you pull the trigger to buy something. It helps you practice the skill of delayed gratification. One of the characteristics that I always tell you guys of someone who is a good spender is that they give themselves time to evaluate a purchase. They're not making impulse buys and impulse purchases. They're not just like seeing a product and being like, ooh, I like that. Let's immediately get it. Let's give in to that instant gratification and get the dopamine hit right off the bat. They wait, they ponder, they evaluate the purchase, they think about it, they consider, does this product have a place and purpose in my life? Is this something that's going to be worth it? A good use of my money and my resources? How is this going to make my life better? What benefit will it be providing to me? And when you give yourself time to evaluate a purchase, you are giving yourself time to consider all of those things. So that's the first reason why I'm such a fan of this tool is because it allows you that time. It gives you that time. I would say that most of these things that go on my list, once they're on the list, I'm not actually pulling the trigger on them and buying them till at least a couple of weeks down the road, which then really gives me time to kind of think about the purchase and really figure out, okay, is this an aligned purchase or is it not? Because it's something that gives you a lot of time, what I often find that happens is when I'm adding something to my list, I will also just kind of like take a quick peek at the list. I'll just run through it quickly. And if there's anything that I see on there that I'm like, you know what, that honestly just kind of got added to the list because I kind of got caught up in the moment. I saw something. I thought that looked really cool. Now that I've had some time and some separation from it, I really don't think that this is something that I truly want long-term. So I'm going to take it off the list. I would say at least, at least you guys, 50% of the things that go onto my things I want to buy list ultimately get taken off and never get purchased. And I really think it's because you are allowing your brain time to cool off. Remember, you guys, anytime that we see like an ad or we see something that we want to buy, we're going to get that like squirt of dopamine in the anticipation of the purchase. When the reward systems in your brain get activated, your brain becomes a very emotional brain, not a very logical brain. And when we are in that heightened emotional state, that is not the state that we want to be spending money from. We want to be using our prefrontal power, our prefrontal cortex, the part of our brain that thinks forward into the future, the part of our brain that has our best interest at heart. That is the part of the brain that we want signing off on the things that we spend money on. And when you are making an impulse buy and it's like, see something, buy something, see something, buy something, you are not utilizing your prefrontal power in those situations. What you are doing is you are letting your caveman brain your lizard brain kind of hijack your brain in those instances. And you are simply doing what feels good in that moment, not necessarily what's best for you long-term. So again, this list really allows you to step into that prefrontal power to be making your purchasing decisions, which is so key in being a good spender. The other reason why I absolutely love this tool so much is coming kind of back to that dopamine hit. 
is in the moments where I do feel like the urge to splurge is very strong and I am feeling this huge just like tug to buy something is that if I kind of feel like I'm losing control in that moment, I will, if I'm home and I'm able to, I will come and I will sit down at my computer and I will add it to my list right then and there. Because I've told you guys this before, dopamine is the anticipation molecule. That is what scientists are starting to call it because dopamine in our brain gets released at the anticipation of a pleasurable experience. And so what I've found is that getting to sit down at my computer, pull up my fancy list, add it to the list, write out all the details, see it in combination with everything else that I want to buy, y'all, that in and of itself is a dopamine hit for me. It feels so good. It feels amazing to get to almost like relish in the anticipation of the purchase to think about, okay, I'm not going to get this thing right now, but I can get it in the future if I want. So it's funny because like I talk to people all the time and they're like, oh no, I just want the dopamine hit. And it's like, but listen, you could get the dopamine hit either way. Either one of these options is going to feel pleasurable to you. But in one situation, you're actually spending the money. You're not evaluating the purchase. It's just an impulse buy. And in the other situation, you're still getting the dopamine hit, but you're making a much more conscious choice that's going to be best for you in the long run. But yet it still feels very pleasurable because remember, it's all about the anticipation of the purchase that feels so good to us. So that's another reason why I'm such a big fan of this is because it makes you wait. It gives you time. It also feels really good. Like it actually does give you a dopamine hit. And again, the third reason why I'm such a big fan of this is I touched on this briefly. It really does get you into the habit of being somebody who practices delaying gratification. And you guys remember, remember that discipline with your spending is a skill. So many of you guys think that you either are or you aren't disciplined, like it's a personality trait, that it's like in your genetics of like, oh no, I'm just somebody who's not disciplined. I'm someone who's very impulsive. I'm just a shopper. I'm a spender. You say things to me like, this is who I am and I'm never going to change. That thinking is such harmful thinking because when you think, oh, this is just the way that I am, you will never try to change it. You will just go through life kind of in this acceptance mode of this is who I am. This is how it's always going to be. So I'm not going to put any time, effort, or energy into changing. But when you realize that discipline, that delaying gratification, that being somebody who is a good spender, but you are also a good saver, when you realize that all of that isn't just genetics, it's actually something that you can work on and develop, it's a skill, then you realize, oh, wait. It's not that this is who I am. It's just that this is a loop that I've caught myself in so many times that it's just become a reinforced habit. So it's not necessarily this is who I am. It's just this is something that I do. And those are two very different things because when you realize, oh, this is just something that I do, you finally open yourself up to the fact like, oh, this is just something that I do, but I could choose to do something differently and make different choices and behave in a different way if I wanted to, if I practice it enough, if I form a new loop of habits that becomes more reinforced than this old loop of habits. 
And so that is another reason why I love this tool so much is again, because it allows you to practice becoming that person, practice somebody who just doesn't like give in to that false pleasure in the moment, practice being that person who gives up the fleeting pleasure in this moment so that they can ultimately achieve the results that they want most in the future long-term. The most successful people in the world, you guys, this is just personal development 101. If you read any, I'm telling you, any personal development book, this point will probably be in the book, is that the most successful people in life, in any given area of life, are the people who can delay gratification into the future, who can be disciplined, who can make a plan and stick to it, who choose to go through the discomfort now in this moment so that the discomfort doesn't get delayed and pushed into the future for their future self to have to deal with it. So that's all I'm going to say on this point here. But listen, if you are somebody who wants to work on this, if you are somebody who you don't really have that self-concept yet, working on your discipline, working on being someone who can delay gratification into the future, if that is a skill you want to work on, there's two past episodes that I want to point you to that you can go listen to right after this one. The first is episode 75. It's titled, The One Thing You Can't Avoid. In that episode, we talk a lot about discomfort, either experiencing discomfort now or in the future, pleasure now, pleasure later. It is a fantastic episode that will get you started kind of in this process. And then the second episode is episode 41. It's titled, Instant Versus Delayed Gratification. We really dive deep into this topic here. So if you're wanting to go deeper in this area, those two episodes are a fantastic place to start. So that is why I love this tool so much. It makes you wait. It gives your brain a period to cool off. It actually is very pleasurable. It is going to give you a dopamine hit because it will allow you to kind of relish in the anticipation of a future purchase that you haven't made yet. And three, it helps you practice becoming a more disciplined person, someone who can delay gratification into the future. So now I want to tell you, okay, well, how does it work when you actually want to buy something, right? Somebody asked that question on my video on TikTok. They're like, this is fantastic. I'm going to try it. But what do you do when you actually want to buy something? How does that work in? So you guys know that I have a budget, a money map, a spending plan, whatever you personally want to call it. That's what I want you to call it. I just call mine my money map, which is basically my budget, right? And within my budget, I have sinking funds. Remember that sinking funds are smaller pools of money. They're almost kind of like mini savings accounts that have a specific purchase that I am contributing money to every single month. So I have a clothing sinking fund. I have a sinking fund for our house, for our cars, for our pets, for Palmer. So that if and when an unexpected expense arises in one of those areas, or like in this case, a lot of the times, there's just something that I want to buy. I want to buy this little foamy kitchen mat thing. Or I want to buy like a little accent chair to go in the corner of our den, things like that. I have a home sinking fund that that money comes out of. So I have all these sinking funds that I track in YNAB, Y-N-A-B. It stands for you need a budget. That's the budgeting software that I use. I have all of these sinking funds that I track in YNAB. And with this part, there's really no like rhyme or reason to it. This is the part that's definitely an art more than it's a science. 
But I will say that my prerequisites are I have to have enough money in my sinking fund to cover the purchase. So I'm not just making a purchase if I know that I don't have the money. So sticking with this example to buy this $79 like cushy thingy for, for my feet when I'm washing bottle parts, right? It's $79. I just looked in my home sinking fund. I have about $300 allocated to my home sinking fund right now. So I could use 80 of that $300 to go and I could buy that mat. I would be using money that I have. I wouldn't be going into debt for it. But when I go and buy it, I will go buy it. I will use a credit card to buy it. Even though I'm not going into debt to buy it, I put it on a credit card so I can get my cash back. Everything gets logged. Everything gets tracked in YNAB. I will go make the purchase and then that $80 will get deducted against my home sinking fund. So my home sinking fund that now has $300 in it. Once I go and I buy this mat, it will have $220 in it. And y'all listen, I know that that's like a very like oversimplified way of saying it. And I know that me walking you through that process, you might have like a lot of, <laughs> a lot of questions like about sinking funds, about YNAB, about using credit cards, all of that sort of stuff. And so just know I have done past episodes on all of those topics. I have an episode solely about sinking funds. That's episode 51. I've done a couple episodes on credit cards. I believe that's episode 29 and 30 of how I use credit cards and how I'm not overspending on credit cards and how I basically just use them to get cash back and to get rewards points. But that's how this process works. And then once I go and I buy something, once it's bought, it also gets removed from the list. So I take it off the list. So my list remains pure in a way, and it really just remains, okay, this is a list of things that I want to buy that I have not yet bought. And I think the last question that people have is like, yeah, but like, how do you know when it's the right time to do it? And that's a question that I don't really have like a super clear answer to, because I was thinking about that for myself, like, okay, when is it that I'm actually looking at my list and being like, okay, it's time. It's time. Like it's finally time to kind of get this like matte cushiony thing. I would say that most of the things stay on my list for at least a couple of weeks. And again, it's kind of just like a feeling that I get, but I will say, because I do think this is an important distinction. The feeling is a calm feeling. It's a steady feeling. I feel cool, calm, collected, steady. I don't feel like overly excited. I don't feel like this huge rush. I don't feel like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the best thing ever. Like I'm so excited to get this now. Like it feels good and I enjoy it, but it doesn't feel like supercharged, if that makes sense. I know I use this analogy all the time, but it's so true because it's such like a good analogy, but it's like, it doesn't feel like I just ate like an entire sleeve of Oreos and I just get that like, huge high and peak and rush, like that sugar high. I feel satisfied. Like I just ate a really good meal, but a good meal that was also really good for me. So it feels really good, but it feels good in a different way, if that makes sense. I wish I had a better answer for like, well, how do you know when to take something off your list? But the biggest thing for me is just, do I have the money? Do I have the money sitting in a sinking fund for this? If I don't have the money, it's not time to buy it yet. If I do have the money though, that's kind of like the green light that I can move ahead if I want to. And sometimes I choose to, and sometimes I just honestly kind of feel it in my bones. Like, no, I don't quite feel I want to move forward with this yet. I feel like I just need to wait a little bit longer and I will. And then I'll eventually get to a point where I'm like, okay, like I feel like honestly, I'm pretty, I'm pretty darn close to 
getting to the point where I'm going to purchase this cushy mat thing because every single night when I'm standing at the sink washing bottles, I'm thinking about this thing and I'm thinking like, okay, it would be really nice to have like a little cushion under my feet right now. So I have the money in my home sinking fund. I'm probably pretty close. I would say like maybe within like a week or two of actually going and buying that thing. The last thing that I want to talk about here in this episode, because we've actually never talked about this on the podcast and I feel like we need to just because I feel like these services are becoming rampant and you literally see them anytime you do any online shopping. The last reason, this is kind of like a bonus reason. um, Actually, I have two bonus reasons for you, but I'll give you the first one that I'm such a fan of this tool is because this is essentially the opposite, the 180 of the buy now, pay later services, the Klarna's, the Affirms, the Afterpays. And I don't know if any of you guys have used those and it's okay if you have, like there's absolutely no shame in doing it because they are truly so enticing. These services have blown up. I was reading an article about it and it said that the amount of users that use buy now, pay later services just, it has been skyrocketing over the past couple of years. It's increasing like 300% year over year over year, which basically means it's tripling from the year before, which in business terms is just wild, you guys. And I think these services really trick us into thinking that things are more affordable than they are. And I totally understand, like maybe for like a bigger purchase, like maybe if you're buying like a couch and it's just more manageable for you to break that up into smaller payments. To me, that's kind of like one scenario. But I have talked to a lot of you guys who are using these services for a $100 pair of shoes or for a $60 makeup palette. And instead of just paying the $60, you're breaking it into four monthly payments of $15. A lot of people that I talk to that have used this, they honestly kind of get caught up in it. They do it once and then that one kind of spurs them into doing it again and again and again. And when you do it once or twice, it's like, okay, this is manageable. But once you keep doing it and you're doing this for multiple items, now instead of just having to make a $15 payment this month, you're having to make 10 to 15 $15 payments, which really adds up super quick. LendingTree did this survey and the survey found that Almost 70% of people that use the buy now, pay later services bought more than they would have if they just had to pay for everything up front. Another survey found that almost half of the people that were polled in the survey said that they wouldn't have made a purchase or they wouldn't have spent more than they otherwise would have if the buy now, pay later had not been available. This article was so fascinating. Like they were asking all of these companies, like the Afterpays and the Klarna's, They were asking them, okay, do you think that your services contribute to overspending and impulse shopping? And of course, they're going to say no, right? Like they have an image to maintain. And so of course, they're going to be like, no, we don't think that it does. But then on the flip side, what the article was saying is that all of these buy now, pay later companies, how they make the bulk of their money is they actually make it by charging the retailer, which was so interesting to me. Because what they do is they tell the retailer, hey, if you put my buy now, pay later service on your website, you are going to get so many more orders than you're used to getting. And the order of value is going to be so much higher than what you're used to. And so because of that, all these buy now, pay later services, how they make their money, the bulk of their money is they actually take a cut of the order from the retailer. So in one breath, they're saying, oh, no, 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 our services don't contribute to overspending and impulse shopping. 
But then what they're doing is they're going and they're telling the retailers, if you use my service and you give this as an option to your customers buying your products, you will have more orders and the order amount will be significantly higher than what you're used to without it. Afterpay on their website, what they're marketing to businesses to use their services, they're saying that shoppers who use Afterpay spend 40% more than those who do not. 40% more, you guys. Like that's a lot. Okay. Like, so you're talking about a hundred dollar order going from a hundred to $140. That is a big jump. And I know I'm going off a little bit of a tangent on here because we've never talked about these buy now, pay later services, but I just want to encourage you guys, like if it's for a bigger purchase and you want to break it up into smaller chunks, like, okay, fine, go for it. I can kind of see the logic in that, but just be so, so careful with this. I would never use a buy now, pay later service for anything under probably like, honestly, like $1,000. What I would advise you to do is to start a sinking fund. Okay. Start a sinking fund for it and add it to your list. Add it to the things I want to buy list. Your things I want to buy list is the opposite of a buy now, pay later service. With a buy now, pay later service, you are getting the product right now but then you are continuing to pay for it over time. And a lot of the times when we use those services, we are using them for impulse purchases. We don't even really care about what it is that we're buying. We just want to buy something and we want to get it. So then you're going to get an item that the allure is going to wear off fairly quickly. And then even after the allure wears off, you are still going to be paying for it. It's the same thing as debt. It's like you paying in the present moment for something that you've done in the past. Our mind wants us to think that that is the best and most pleasurable option, but it's not. Because the alternative is this. The alternative is you take it, you stick it on your things I want to buy list. You get that dopamine hit of the anticipation. Then you set up a sinking fund and you start saving for it. Instead of paying $15 a month for something that you've already bought, put $15 aside for something that you want in the future. When you have enough money for it, then you can go out and buy it. And bonus, the entire time that you're doing that, the entire time that you are saving up that money, again, you get to relish in the anticipation of the purchase. You're going to get another dopamine hit when you go and you actually buy the product. And then once you have the product and you've bought it, you know that this is something that you're truly going to love and truly going to value because you have been thinking about it. You have been saving up for it. You have been planning it. You have been evaluating it. And even after all that, you have still decided, yes, this is something that I want. This is something that I'm going to value that's going to make my life better in some way. I am ready for it. I have saved up for it. I am prepared for it. Let's go. Let's go get it. That feels so much better. I promise you it feels so much better. That was a little tangent with the buy now, pay later. But while I was kind of thinking about this episode, it like came to me and I was like, oh my gosh, this things I want to buy list is essentially the opposite of the buy now, pay later services. So I just wanted to talk about that since we've never talked about it before. Okay. To wrap us up, as promised, let me just share a couple of things with you on my things I want to buy list. Because again, this is not to influence you in any way. I just want you guys to kind of hear like some things that I see and I'm like, okay, we're going to put this on the list and we're going to wait on it. 
I have two pairs of shoes. I want to get some penny loafers from J. Crew that are $99. And I also have a pair of New Balances that are also from J. Crew that are $80 that I actually found on eBay. Have not gotten either of those yet. I'm still waiting on those. I might actually end up taking those off, but for now, we're going to go ahead and just wait on those. There is a pair of cowboy boots from Tacovas that I have been thinking about getting for a long, long time because good Lord, I live in Texas and I don't own a pair of cowboy boots, which is a crime in and of itself. But I have a pair of boots on here for $150. I have a crossbody bag from Dang Dover. I never know if that's how you say it, you guys. Dangy, <laughs> D-A-N-G-E. Dagny Dang Dover. I don't know, but it's a crossbody bag for $95. The reason I put this on the list is because you guys know I walk a lot. And when I walk, I want to take like my car keys and my cell phone and just a couple other things. And just to have something that I can just kind of like attach to me, I figured I would honestly get a lot of use out of that. There's a lot of things that you're like, yeah, I would absolutely get a ton of use out of that. Like this crossbody bag. The cowboy boots, I'm like, listen, even though I do live in Texas, there's probably maybe like one to two instances in a year where I want to wear cowboy boots or where it would be appropriate for me to wear cowboy boots. So that's one purchase that I still might sit on for a while because it's like, even though I do have money in my clothing sinking fund, I could go buy these cowboy boots. It's a matter of like, does it feel right? Like, do I feel like I would get a lot of use out of them? And that's still something that I'm like, ah, I just don't know. And then I'll tell you one more is buying a new carry-on suitcase. So my husband started a new job. He's traveling quite a bit. We only have one carry-on suitcase, and we have had quite a few scenarios where we're both gone at the same time, and we both need a suitcase, but we only have one. So I put a new carry-on suitcase. So there's more things on my list. That's not my entire list. I just kind of cherry-picked a couple of things just so you guys could kind of get a sense of the types of things that are on my list. But those are some of the things that are currently on my list. And the last little bonus that I'm going to give you guys before we sign off of why I truly love this list. This is just kind of like a byproduct of it being super helpful to have all this in one place. During the holidays or when it's your birthday or basically any significant life event, when somebody comes to you and they want to give you a gift for your birthday, for holidays, maybe like a graduation gift, an anniversary gift from your spouse or significant other, something like that. And they come to you and they're like, hey, send me over some things that you want. I know before I had this list, like in those moments, I could never think of anything. (laughs) I could never think of anything, but I would be like, I know there's stuff that I want. I know that there have been many, many times where my brain is like, ooh, that's cute. Ooh, I want that. Ooh, look at that. I know that there are many, many things that I've seen that I could tell this person that would be a good gift, but I just can't think of them right now. When you have this list, it's so handy because what you can do is you can simply come to your list, you can pick an item that's in a price appropriate range, send it to them. Again, you have all the information. You have the name, the retailer, you have the link that takes you directly to the product and you can simply send that to them and be like, here you go, which just makes it so much easier. And then you know that you're actually getting something that you've been wanting for a while and you're not just like coming up with random things to give your mom, for instance, for like a Christmas wish list or something like that. So just another benefit of having this list. All right, y'all, that's what I have for you this week. Things I want to buy. I sincerely hope that you create a list like this for yourself. And if you do, please let me know. I would love to know if you've tried it, if it's working for you, if you are seeing success with it. 
This is a tool that has really changed the game for me. And I like to use this in conjunction with my urge jar, which is another episode. I believe that's episode 50 something. I don't know. It's called the urge to splurge that episode. I use this in conjunction with my urge jar and it really, truly has saved me so much. It's made me such a better spender and it really has helped me develop myself into being a much more disciplined person with my finances. And I know it has the potential to do that for you as well. I love all of you guys so very much. Thank you for tuning in this week and I will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Hey girl, if you enjoyed this episode, I want to invite you to join me in overcoming overspending. It's my signature program where I take you through my three-phase approach to stop impulse shopping and overspending so that you can finally start making substantial progress with your finances. Through the self-paced online program, the student community group, and live weekly coaching with me, you will receive all the encouragement you need to finally achieve lasting change with your money habits that have been sabotaging you for so long. You'll have money back in your pocket. You will leave behind the stress and the worry that you currently experience with money and your spending will be controlled, purposeful, and actually feel good and be fun. The best part is it's 100% risk-free. You have a lifetime to implement my proven process. And after doing that, if you don't make your investment back, I will give you a full refund. Your results are guaranteed or the program is on me. Just head over to overcomingoverspending.com to get started. I can't wait to have you as a student within the program.